coming here this evening, and it's so lovely to see lots of faces of lots of people that I know and love. So, hello. And it's the same sermon from this morning. Anyone who is sorry here this morning, it's the same. Anyway, my name is Avril Lovegrove, and today we are going to be speaking about abiding. At church at the moment, we're, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Connecting with God, um, and today, Abiding. So let's just read um, John chapter 15, 1 to 9, and it will come up up there. Um, the vine, the vine and the branches, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So abide is a strange word, and it's not something we currently use very much in modern-day language. But it's one of Jesus' favorite words, because this was Jesus speaking. And John mentions it 34 times in this gospel and 19 times in his letters. Abide literally means to stay, to remain. It can also be used to explain where you live, where your home is, or where you dwell. To abide in the Lord means that we continually receive, believe, and trust that Jesus is everything that we need. God abides within Jesus, and Jesus abides within us through the Holy Spirit, so that we are constantly connected to God the Father and Jesus the Son. And this passage uses the image of a vine to explain to disciples and to us what abide means and why it's so important for Christians. So how? How do we abide? How does Jesus remain in us? What does that look like? And why is it important? And does it affect the way that we live our lives? So I just want to flip back to John chapter 14, 15 to 20. This won't come up on your screen, so just, uh, I'll, just be quite, I'll just quickly read it to you. John 14, verse 15 to 20. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. 
and I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So, according to Jesus, the way we can live with him today is via his Holy Spirit, whom he'll leave with us when he was resurrected. Um, so he's, when Jesus was resurrected, he was physically gone from this world. And when we become Christians and accept the Holy Spirit into our lives, he moves in with us, into our hearts, into our souls, and into our minds. The Holy Spirit moves in with us. He comes and he dwells within us. He abides in us. And the first primary goal of a Christian is to learn to be like Jesus, to love him, to live like him, to serve like him, and to remain connected to God like Jesus did. This is a lifetime's work. It's very easy for me to say, and I appreciate it's extremely difficult for us to do. It's difficult for me to do. It's a work in progress throughout our lives. Remaining in God will be something we need to work on. And it also sounds quite difficult. Um, and also I find it quite overwhelming, the idea of remaining in God with Jesus all the time. But if we look at the passage we just read, we can see that God didn't leave us on our own to sort this out for ourselves. He has left with us the Holy Spirit who will dwell and remain within us and walk alongside us forever, guiding, strengthening, listening, helping, helping us to be more like him, prompting us to try to live like Jesus. We don't have to do this on our own. So do you believe this? Is this true in your own life? When you became a Christian, do you believe that Jesus moved in with you and has stayed with you ever since? Dwelling in your house, remaining in your heart and deep within your soul. Is he with you every day for the rest of your life until we go to heaven where he will still remain with us? He is with us. He does live within us and he will never leave us. You are a branch. We are a branch attached to the vine. The vine is Jesus. And it doesn't matter how long it's been since we last spent time with Jesus. He loves us and he gave us the freedom to choose to spend our time however we wish. When we became Christians, his Holy Spirit moved in with us. And that's a given. When we choose to spend time with the Holy Spirit, that's up to us. We've been given that choice. Jesus knows what's best for us. And this is to abide with him whenever we can and spend time with him whenever we can. He says, be with me. Be with me. Remain with me. Over and over again in this chapter, Jesus says, remain with me. Abide in me. Stay with me. Stay close to me. Get into the Father's presence and stay there. Root yourself, ground yourself in the Father's presence all day long. Great idea. Difficult to do. <laughs>
Perhaps we should be learning to be in two places at once, eating our breakfast in the Father's presence, at work in the Father's presence, with your children in the Father's presence, on your commute in the Father's presence. Ongoing, 24-7, every day, trying to be with Jesus, because that's what's best for us. But it takes practice, and it's difficult, and I find it difficult to keep God in the forefront of our minds, because it's so easy to be distracted by the world we live in, by our lives, by our family, by everything. So you might be thinking, yes, 24-7 with Jesus, nice idea, um, but not really think I can do that, and maybe that's not for me. Um, and if you have a very busy life, if you don't have a very busy life, there are lots of things that can distract us. If you need to be 100% focused at work, you need to be 100% focused. If you need to bring up screaming children, you need to be 100% focused as often as you possibly can. And it's easy to forget. And it's easy just to drift through the day with all sorts of weird and wonderful things just drifting in and out of your mind. And by the time you get to the end of the day, you realize you've completely forgotten to connect, to connect with God, to connect with Jesus. So when I'm going about my everyday life, weird things go in and out of my head, fairies, butterflies, bindweed, the price of petrol, Tom Cruise, what to cook for dinner, Tom Cruise, cat food, Chris Lovegrove, no, Tom Cruise, definitely. So in and out of our heads come all these distractions and all these little things. The idea of 24-7 God is a bit overwhelming. It's not easy, it takes a lifetime and it takes practice. Abiding in the time, in the vine all the time is tricky. But I think it's probably right. I think if we look at this crazy, crazy world that we live in and the pressures and the demands of our time, the digital invasion into our lives, computers, mobile phones, the pressures to achieve and succeed, we can see by our society that this kind of living isn't good for us. Human beings are beginning to suffer with mental health problems and anxiety and depression because it just all gets too much. The way we are living isn't good for us and God knows that. And that's why he urges us to let Jesus move in. Let him dwell in your heart and in your soul. Allow him to abide within you. Allow him to guide you throughout your day. Be with him. Let him bring you peace. Let him bring you healing. Let him bring you calm and guidance into your life. Well, you might be thinking, how can we possibly achieve that? Well, we need to try and create new spiritual habits. You could call them spiritual disciplines, but that just makes me feel really guilty because I'm not very good and I'm not very disciplined. So I think spiritual habits might be a little bit better. 
But this is not a guilt trip. This is not me telling you what you should be doing. This is Jesus telling us what's best for us and us choosing what works for us. Has anybody here ever done couch to 5K? Vicky, I know. Anyone else? Oh, it's someone at the back there, Anne. Lovely. So have I. I've done it four times, and I've never completed it. So couch to 5K is when you start off at the beginning of nine weeks, and you do a little bit of running and a lot of walking. And then as the weeks go on, you do a little bit more running and a little bit less walking. And by the end, you should be able to run 5K without vomiting, stopping, or having a heart attack. So I've done it four times and never got to the end. Because I'm a really poorly disciplined person. Because I have no staying power. And I start out with really, really good intentions. I'm going to get fit, I'm going to do this, I buy myself the outfit. That's the best bit, and beyond there, it just goes downhill. Um, and, and I get bored. I get bored really easily. I'm lazy. I can't be bothered. Um, and I can always think of something else I'd rather be doing, like eating cake and drinking wine. It's just much more fun and much more appealing. But if I want to be able to run, I have to put in the practice. And if I want the life that Jesus offers and live in the fullness of life, then I need to have the lifestyle of Jesus and we need to put in the practice. I know I hate to say it, but it's true. I start off with excellent intentions. I read my Bible. I do a quiet time. I pray. But after a while, I lose interest. I find something else to do. I slip back going through the list of prayers just before I fall asleep at night, just those arrow prayers. Please pray for it. Please pray for it. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. That's okay. But you won't necessarily grow if that's all you ever do. So what I want to do is change the word discipline and the word habit to be with me, be with Jesus. That's just much more of an attractive prospect. I do actually want to be with Jesus. I do actually want to be closer to God. And Jesus is saying, abide with me, walk with me, talk with me, join me, sit with me, spend time with me, remain in my love then that is a much more attractive prospect than discipline, which I struggle with. When I think remain in Jesus' love, I think, well, maybe I can actually do that. Maybe not every day, but I certainly think I can start doing that. Why would I not want to spend quality time with my best friend? Just the idea of it makes me feel calm and peaceful. There are other positive benefits in John 15, verse 8. It says, you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If the Spirit of God is abiding with you and you are spending time with him, you will just start being more like him. The spiritual gifts in Galatians 5, verse 22. You will just be more loving. You will just be more joyful. You will just have more peace. You will be more patient. 
you will be kinder and you'll be more faithful. You won't have to try to be more faithful. You won't have to try to be more patient. You won't have to try to be more joyful because you'll be spending time with Jesus and that's how he will rub off on you. And you just will find yourself with those spiritual gifts more at the forefront of your mind and more active in your lives. When, you, when your parents, well, my parents used to say to me, I don't know if yours did, but I was a bit of a naughty girl at school. So when my parents used to say to me, I don't want you to hang out with that boy or that girl because they're a really bad influence on you. Well, I think hang out with Jesus because he's a really good influence on us. He's an amazing influence on us. And the more we hang out with him, the more he will influence us. And the more we will find we're living the li- our, our Christian lives to the full. We have been given the freedom to live life however we choose. God has given us that freedom to spend our time however we like. Now we can spend our time attached to the vine, supported and guided by God, animated and motivated by God's spirit, or separate ourselves from the vine, where it's a bit more lonely and we become maybe a bit more selfish and we're definitely more distracted and we tend to lead more me-centered lives instead of God-centered lives. Now, God wants the best for us. This isn't, please, just because I'm standing up here does not mean I've got the hang of this. It's a work in progress. But God wants the best thing for us, and he knows the best thing for us. And the best thing for us is to be rooted and grounded and guided and loved and to abide with him. Now, just as we end, I'd like just to lead us through uh, a small reflection. Now, I know most of you are spiritual giants and you spend like loads of time in prayer. But if you're not really sure where to start with spending time with God, there's a couple of things that I have found helpful. Um, Our house group has started, um, has hooked onto an app, which is called Lecto360, which is run by the guy who does 24-7 prayer, um, Pete Gregg. And it's just 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes before you go to bed. You don't have to do it every day. Nobody tells you off. And it just flips on to the next day. You don't have to keep catching up, which is what I used to have to do. So that is really doable for me. And I find it really helpful. And the other thing is, is remaining with Christian friends, family, house group, and church. If you can't do the silent and the prayer time, keep coming to church, keep going to a house group, keep meeting with your Christian friends, because they will keep you grounded and rooted, and that is remaining, and that's close if that's as close as you can get. If we can do the other stuff, then great. But try just to remain within the family of God, because I find that really helpful. So if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, and I'll just talk you through this little reflection. It might not be for everybody. If you don't like it, then that's fine. But it might be helpful. 
So I just would like you to close your eyes and take a deep breath. And I want you to visualize walking into a room and there's a fire in the hearth and it's warm and, and it's, it's cozy and it's comfortable and it's really peaceful. And there are two chairs in that room. There's one chair and in that chair sits God. And there's another chair. The chairs are quite close together. Now you walk over to the empty chair and you can either sit down in the chair or you can walk towards God and you can kneel at his feet. Be wherever in that room you feel comfortable and just rest and feel yourself in the presence of God. And he is looking at you with such love. And then God starts to speak to you. What does he say? What is God saying to you in that peaceful moment? Just start a conversation if you want to, or just sit in his presence and take a moment. his peace and his calm and his love. Just breathe it in. 